Jeff Howe's Longhorn Notebook. It's a Longhorn Notebook brought to you by Aaron Bowersock, your home loan expert. See if Aaron can do for you what she did for Linda and me, and that was to get that home loan approval turned around in a snap. She is, after all, the person who can make that 10-day home loan approval a guarantee a reality. Check her out on the web at BowersockTeam.com, B-O-W-E-R-S-O-C-K, BowersockTeam.com. Com. You know what my pet peeve is, Craig, in terms of that? I just I'll, And then I'll leave the subject alone. The, when the, the sir or madam goes with the, well, the other team just wanted it more. Yeah. No, I don't think that had anything to do with it, but... Okay, yeah. So I'll I'll let's just leave that there. But yeah. Somebody, rate, said, by the way, somebody said some uh, ice cream main said some of you mine? Texas fans sound idiotic. You make the rest of us look bad. Every of that. every fan base has some of those, man. <laughs> yeah, Padeda. It says cue up. Never played sports guy. Uh, people need to relax. Disappointing. Life will go on. So, um, so. That's that's the deal. All right, let's talk some Texas football. Yes. Uh, I was out at practice this morning, got about 25-ish minutes of practice. Yep. A uh, couple of really big injury, we'll call one a return, we'll call one a getting back to returning. The return is Malik Murphy. Actually, two returns. Malik Murphy back at practice as a full participant. Yeah. That's the headline note so this big. morning. That was big. It was great to see. Uh, you know, Craig, you've been out to practice. You've seen a Sark practice. You know when they do like routes on air and the quarterback drills, they'll run two. They'll run in groups of two, like two guys will throw, and then they'll go. They'll back up, and two more, two other guys will throw, and then they'll just rotate that way. So your right. first group of two was Quinn Ewers and Malik Murphy. Your second group of two was Arch Manning and Charles Wright. That's how they were going through drills. Uh, it's great to see Malik back. You're, uh, I'll again. I sound like a broken record. Everybody's gonna have to drink whatever your drink of preference is. If you're, yeah. if you're uh, not don't uh, uh, enjoy an adult beverage, your soda, your coffee, whatever you got, just take a sip every time I mention. You've got <laughs> to develop a backup quarterback. You cannot go into the year without backup quarterback. If not figured out, at least have an idea of the direction you're going with backup quarterback. So to get Malik back, knowing that he's got the rest of spring. Which, by the way, you realize, Craig? So, so the team will practice today. They go tomorrow, Thursday, no practice on Friday, and then okay. have you know some type of scrimmage on Saturday with the coaches' clinic weekend and all that stuff. You realize after that Saturday scrimmage that we'll be halfway through spring practice. How about that? Because they had a fi- week and then and then yeah. a week off. Because your fifteenth practice is the spring game. Yeah. So I don't really count that. So you do it seven and seven, and then the spring game. Yeah, you'll be at the halfway point wow. after Saturday. It's wild, but at any rate, uh, so Malik Murphy back, Jonathan Brooks is back. So now we're getting a better idea of what that, you know, pecking order in the backfield is going to be. So Jonathan Brooks was back running, you know, leading the group through drills. Then you had Jaden Blue. Then you had C.J. Baxter. So it's a really good-looking group of running backs. Keelan Robinson's still not a participant dealing with whatever the unknown strain he's dealing with that Sark talked about during the uh, the opening practice, when going back to two weeks ago when the team started practice. So Keelan's still not a full participant. I figure they'll get him back at some point. But to get Malik Murphy and Jonathan Brooks back on Monday, huge. The other interesting development. I started to say, what was, you know, it's a limited window that, that you guys are able to view it when you're over there. But, yeah. I mean, what were you able to see by looking at it? We get, so you know how a SART practice is structured, yep. right? We see everything up to one on ones when yep. they split up and do one on ones. Right. So we can see, you know, D line linebackers, secondary, O line individual, 
with the quarterbacks and skill guys, it's routes on air. So everything up through routes on air, we see. It's like through their fourth or I think period through period four was what we got today. Okay, so okay. there's been a few practices where we've yeah. gone longer, but you know, that's yeah. what it was today. But you can look around the field if you if you know how practice works and you know what to look at, you can see plenty during those windows. Sure. Uh, and by the way, by the time they get to what period six, Sark wants that thing on lockdown. By the time you get to six, right? As we found out one day two weeks ago, yes. Oh, Sark, really? Sark, okay. Sark, okay. Sark right. looks up at the segment clock, and we were still in there, and he was not not happy, not about all that. that thrilled that we were still in there. Okay. Uh, but anyway, um, the un- the the unexpected surprise, and I even wrote it in my practice notes on the site. A uh, pleasant surprise as the team gets back. Isaiah Nayer went through some drills. Did he now? Some, went through some individual. Went through routes on air. St- still wearing the brace. Still, I would not call him a full participant, still with the rehab team, and I, I highly doubt at this point that he's doing any kind of scrimmage situations. Uh, but I don't know that. Sark may have touched on that in the availability. I don't know that because we don't see that part, that part of practice. Right. But the fact that he's even doing that, considering the ACL tear was in August, that should clue you into his rehab is on a really good trajectory right now. It's a really good positive to see him back out there. You know, my colleague at 24-7 Sports, Josh Pate, is – Josh Pate will die on a lot of hills, and one hill that he's dying on, he he truly believes Texas has a chance to have the best receiving core in the country in 2023. And it's not that outlandish of a statement when you think about it. If you get Nayer back with the addition of A.D. Mitchell, with the early impact Jontae Cook has had, Jordan Whittington coming back, Xavier Worthy if he has two fully functional hands, like, yeah, I can see a scenario where Texas, you, you look at the best receiving groups in the country, and, and Texas could be one of those. And yeah. you'll factor Jatavian Sanders in there, however you want to throw JT into the mix. He's not he's not a wide receiver, but in terms of perimeter skill right. talent, he factors in. Yeah, I don't think it's that outlandish of a statement. And by the way, speaking of tight end, you know, take it for what it's worth. Juan Davis was working, I think, like, you know, fourth or fifth in, in line with the tight ends when they were going through drills. Right. Which usually gives you a good pecking a good idea of what the depth chart is. I don't that's not a knock on Juan Davis. Like I said, could be something, could be nothing. I think that just reinforces my belief that I think quarterbacks included, and I think even including Kelvin Banks, because we're starting to see some depth form on the offensive line. I think Jatavian Sanders is number one on list of players Texas can least afford to lose. Wow. I would put Kelvin Banks two. Yeah. And then probably Quinn Ewers third. But I, if I'm making the list, I think. Wow. That, especially because consider how, how many times has Sark said, Craig, other than quarterback, tight end is the most important position in the offense. Yeah, you can't replace. You don't have anybody with Kelvin Banks' talent that you could replace him with. But you can maybe move Christian Jones over to the left side, move Cam Williams to the right tackle, like whatever. You can mix and match and do some different things where you can get by. Yeah. No disrespect to Gunnar Helm. You lose Jatavian Sanders, it's going to be impossible to quote-unquote get by. That's all you'd be trying to do is just, quote, getting by at that position. You don't have any anybody else that could replicate anything close to what he brings to the table. So I think that just reinforced for me, like, yeah, if that's what the tight end depth chart looks like right now. It just reinforces the JT's number one for me in terms of guys that you can least afford to lose. Everything pretty status quo with the defense, as far as I could tell. You know, Jalen Catalan's still going through rehab with that shoulder. I'm really intrigued by Leonga LaFowle at linebacker. I know I've talked about him a lot. I know we've written about him at Horns 24-7 a lot. 
But everything I continue to hear internally is he is every bit the blue chip prospect. Basically, the way kind of everybody on the on the outside, Craig, viewed Anthony Hill when they got him, this staff viewed Anthony Hill and Leunga LaFau as pretty much equals. They thought when they scouted linebackers and we knew how big of a deal off-ball linebacker was going to be in the 23 class, mm-hmm. they felt like they got the two best off-ball linebackers in the country with those two guys, wow. with Hill and LaFau. And, you know, you'll, I think I think both those guys are going to have a chance because, you know, David Bend is a guy that he's getting his chance right now. You know, Jet Bush is a guy that he'll still get some reps. Mo Blackwell is in there. And I don't know if I don't know if you want to pigeonhole Mo Blackwell into being a linebacker. I think he could do a lot of different things for you on defense. And he was a guy that the staff Very was Very versatile guy. He was a, staff, a guy that the staff was excited about last year. But I think whether it's special teams or whatever, I just think those two guys, especially since they're spring enrollees, I think by the time you get through camp, when you get that depth chart set, you get ready to go play that opener against Rice, I would not be surprised if Sark talks about those two guys and puts them in the category of, yeah, we've got depth there, but they're just too good. They're, they're going to help us win football games somewhere. Mm-hmm. So no red shirts for those guys. Those guys are going to be on, like I said, they'll be on teams. They'll, they'll be you know, guys that get X number of snaps per game. I, th- I just think both those guys are good enough to help you win right now in some way. So there's just a quick overview of what good. happened. We'll get more into it. Second hour, folks, on want Specs text line, 337-3776 if you got questions. And maybe we can clear out some of the, the analysis of the angry text about women's basketball. Stoner says the narcissism is unbelievable. Us, a hobbled four seed, gets beat by a rising annually successful five seed from a strong conference. Meanwhile, two number one seeds lost, a three seed lost, all the five seeds, and somehow we are the isolated problem. Uh, the fir- You know, th- this just reminds me because I saw the clip like the day the tournament started. The further we get away from it, the further Tory and Prince being asked when Baylor got upset by Yale, when the guy had he made the guy repeat, how does Yale out rebound Baylor? Mm. And he he went through the mechanics of rebounding a basketball. Yeah, like that to me is like the ultimate just sarcastic answer to a like the, the oh what's up with that question from a reporter. Somebody said I think that mad texter was sitting behind me at a game last night, annoying AF, and you know what that is. That texter, by the way, was angry. Said David McWilliams did not have his team ready to play Miami in the nineteen ninety one Cotton Bowl. We all know how that turned out. Within a year, he was shown the door. Uh, I, I I think he had his team ready prepared. It wouldn't matter how much that Miami team <laughs> was way way better than that 1990 shock the nation tour Texas team that played on that January 1st, 91 Cotton Bowl. You could be as prepared as you possibly be that Miami team was just so unbelievably better on that. Uh, somebody else said, uh, no, the ladies weren't lazy. What was shocking is the fact they couldn't make a shot in their home court. Yes, agree with that completely. That was a wow for me. Yeah, yeah, so... <laughs> Cullen says some Aggies must be texting in the day. Some other people Cam, you got said any hot that as takes well. you want to fire off today? <laughs> no, the better team won yesterday. So yeah. I'll say. Cam, yeah. you're, you're pretty measured in your opinions. I, I can't, I've never seen you get mad. In the years I've known you, I've never, like, I don't know if I just maybe haven't seen you in a, every time I've seen you, it's been in a work situation. So I've never seen you in a situation where you can get mad. But like the golf course, is that a place where you get mad? Like throw clubs and stuff? I don't throw clubs, but that's definitely where I get the most angry at. Ooh, sure, like right. dropping f bombs and whatnot. That's why I, I hear a lot of people say that 
they do some of their best business on the golf course because they get to see the true measure of a person out there and how it's they true. handle the It's true. That's why I like golfing with my brother. When we used to, we would golf out at Quail Creek and San Marcos, the minute the marshal went back inside, he'd be like, thank God. He takes his collared shirt off. He's wearing the sleeveless T-shirt with the cutoff <laughs> sleeves, starts burning the heater. I'm like, dude, you were so white trash. You're going to get us thrown out of here. Uh, somebody else said, I know the horn broadcast in stereo is a signal. Uh, from the live on-site event, also broadcast in stereo. I don't know the answer to that. I would say no. It comes, it comes straight off our board. So I'm just, you know, you know, that's the deal. So he said, we're all just glad Craig didn't call the game with a bottle of Jack Daniels like Bob Euchre in Major League. Is that all we got? One blank, blank hit. <laughs> It wouldn't have been Jack Daniels for me anyway. It would have been Johnny Post Walker. Post brought to you been, by, yeah. I can't find it to hell with it. <laughs> yeah, it would have been Johnny Walker Black. <laughs> I prefer scotch, but uh, no, not going to do that. Not going to do that. Like Ron Burgundy prefers yeah, scotchy, scotch? scotchy, scotch. Scotch, scotch, scotch. Yeah. There goes the scotch. Yeah. <laughs> Down into my belly. <laughs> 